Doody do. Okay. Uh, are you still with Columbia? Oh, yeah, you yeah. bet. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's time for the Firesign Theater Hour Hour. Columbia recording artists. And here they are. Is that all there is? Just here they are? Here they are. Here they are. They're here. Well, okay. what is our friends? This, this is one of the few times you're going to get a chance to hear the Firesign Theater Radio Hour Hour done totally Sagittarius, at least for the first couple of minutes. That looks to be that way, yes. Yeah. The Sagittarius, one leg straddling either side of the microphone. How's the gain, by the way, over there? We won the gain, David. How's Peter's gain? Peter's gain is uh, fine. What about closing that door? Or do you closing want to keep that open for echo? Sacred door. There we okay. go. Okay. It's closed. That might help it a lot. Listen, let's, uh, before we get, before we get into anything even really just for a chance just to start the show kind of the way we used to start at Sunday morning, I remember right? Sunday morning, sure. Like Sunday nine, nine o'clock Sunday, Sunday morning. morning. And my microphone is moving. It's the Belladonna. It's not the <laughs> studio. Uh, we used to give the farm reports, remember? The Atlantic. farm reports, right, yeah. of course. Tell well, it was so early in the, in the morning. Yeah. Barley going up. Barley going up. I'm going up, too, David, so why don't you take the next couple of wheat? Uh, Ergot futures. Ergot futures, right. We used to, uh, coming through the rye. We used, to do, uh, we used to do a lot of farm stuff and then play a lot of country-western music. And then we'd go off the air, right. Like Country Joe and the Westerners. Yeah. By the way, there's an, there's an ad for, uh, I think it's a Country Joe concert coming up that uh, has a photograph of Country Joe and, and, and the fish on horseback in what is apparently Western costume, in what I think is a photograph from Zachariah, this movie we once wrote. That's right, that's right. So there that's you right, are. folks. It's happening in the, in the medium already. Our names will be on it or not, we don't know. We're having a, a dispute right now with the Writers Guild. Uh, this is interesting because this is this is a good study in dinosaurism, I think. Right. Writers the Guild is, of America. The Writers Guild. Ken England, the Chained Crow. Or no, the Writers Guild. It's the same thing. Writers Guild was formed like uh, a lot of unions, although of course m much later than most unions, which are formed usually out of bloodshed, uh, the Writers Guild was formed in Hollywood in order to protect the writers from the cruel producers. Mm, nasty, cruel producers, nasty. all of them from foreign countries. From foreign right? countries yes. with big Jewish names and desks with the sweat Long palms cigars. of Ben Hecht upon the, the ridge. And everyone was afraid of Harry Cohn. Everyone, including Harry Cohn, afraid of his own shadow. So the Writers Guild was formed to protect the writers because, oh, producers would do horrible things, man. They'd, uh, they'd call in uh, Joe Ryder, and they'd say, you're doing this film called Nichols to Noonday. And he'd start writing it, and three days later he'd get a pink slip saying he's not writing it anymore. And they'd have in uh, Tommy Ryder, right? And you're doing Nichols to Noontime, and it's the whole thing. They'd have eight writers writing a film. That's right, and then the final credit would go to the director. Right, of course. Which is where it probably belonged anyway. So the Writers Guild was formed to protect nudniks, who I basically believe should have just gone up to the producer and, and just, you know, laid a rap on him saying, hey, that's what you're doing is not art, and uh, it's not reasonable, so I'm, I'm out and I'll do it another way. But no, the Writers Guild was formed to protect, I guess, the people that wanted to stay in, and um, when, when the Firesign Theater went to join, they said, you can't do it. Hi, Uncle Phil. Here's Uncle Hi. Phil. Here's yeah. find a parking place. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Hi. Where's Phil? You're going to have to, I don't know. Oh, well. Are we on the air? Yeah, yes, we're on the air. I'm just telling them about Ken, in Ken England's The Chained Crow. Oh, and wonderful. Do we have new news from them? No, we don't have any new news. I'm just giving a little bit of the history of the fact why when we went in after we wrote Zachariah, they wouldn't let us join as the Firesign Theater. They said because we were, we were formed, they said, to protect that so there wouldn't be four writers on a film. 
Uh-huh. And we said, but we've got a superego called the Fire at Sign Theater. That's what we are. But they still can't understand that, so they sent us an official letter back saying we can't get credit as the Fire Sign Theater. And so we, or not all of us, but some of us just quit. Yeah. That's it. That's about all about the chain crow. That was the farm report. That was well, that's farm. pretty interesting. Uh, Where have you been? <sighs> well, we came the back street route. We didn't go the freeway tonight. Mm-hmm. We came by Figueroa Boulevard. And boy, folks, is it interesting. Figueroa. It's one of those one-story boulevards. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's, it's just one story. Tinsel, glamour, and... But it's a great story, folks, and it's being told north and south. Well, you know, I've neglected the mail on the show uh, for the last few weeks because I keep saying that I'm sooner or later going to get all my paperwork in order, and I didn't again this week. It's your paper route. My paper route in order, right. You get to deliver to the apartment buildings. You don't have to go out in the rain like us kids. I collect over the air. (laughs) You do? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Mrs. Johnson, put 25 cents inside that vase. (laughs) You know which one. (laughs) 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 Okay, 5 April 1970. This is from some military people, I guess. And I can't read all the words in this, so I'll just beep them out. Peter Bretman and Firesign Theater Company. We are enjoying the Firesign Theater Hour Hour like you can't believe, but there is one gripe. We, the members of the Anselmo J. Pederasty Fan Club, <coughs> demand to know why the name of our hero, it's not heroine, hero, no, heroine has not been, law. yes I know, has not been elbowed as taking part in any of the immediate past two or three performances. Performances <laughs> of what? I don't know. <laughs> performances of indecent exposure. We are really only the Montclair chapter of the AJP fan club. One of our members is a descendant of the Pederasty clan, an ancient family, which this is very boring all through here, including two crossed you-know-whats, mm. azure on a background of a golden you-know-what oh rampant. Boy. The coat of arms started one of those on the rampant only yesterday. <laughs> yes, right. It's on the off-ramp. <laughs> on the rampant transit. Oh, look what the lion did. Look what the lion did on the rampant. <laughs> Yucky. Can be seen in the north wall of Pederasty Castle. Well, anyway, what this is from Simon Kreplach, Philip Bruce Ravensbrook the uh-huh. third, Louis Ferdinand <clears throat> Brandon Stouch, and Lestigia Bungstarter, and Eric Von Tweebel Schmerber. There's a dog in the audience. Yes, there is. There's a lot of dogs Hi, in the Lucille. audience. That's <laughs> Lucille, the dog. I left Nergi in the car. By is, the way, I'm is giving... Is she in heat? Yes, yeah, she's in heat, so yeah. I've been keeping her inside, but Porpentine has uh. been hanging around all day, man, playing intermittent cadet, lover, father, protector... It's really a wonderful thing. Nergi's in full heat, and I have two of her puppies, which I'm going to give away tonight. Here's another long, boring letter from Edgar Bullington, ah. <laughs> one of our favorite correspondents. Yes, yes. Dear Fireside Theater, make a joyful noise this Easter. I'm back after having been away a month of Sundays. I've missed you almost as much as you've missed me, and I know you've missed me because you've never answered my hastily scrawled notes, of which there must be a million. He doesn't... Uh, he oh well this is this just goes on and on it's really an entertaining letter as all an artist you are. don't talk back <laughs> but this one is just too much well folks we're a little late so until next time this is Edgar Bullington saying that was a nice letter are you going to read can it I, can I follow that of course you can, can man. I possibly we got a new pace to the, the show I mean really our course people who correspond with us don't write short snappy dialogue no they don't they can be read easily over the air they write this long stuff which how about is some one liners nice to get folks. into okay here's dear sirs that's a good one dear sirs this is a girl melinda McCollister. bill <laughs> well she's very nice and thank you for writing to us melinda and here's another the last in our series of letters today uh, bob this is from uh, the Schn- no, 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 no. It's not from him, no, huh? No, no. That's and funny. Week, yes, it uh, is. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Melvin Munn, commentator, <laughs> lifeline catalog and information folder. 
I've got some. I've got some uh, circle that I'd like to read if I can. <laughs> Did you circle these here? Window stickers, rubber stamp, lifeline on radio. Here's one I like: Declaration of Independence, special set for children. Colorful eight by eleven book contains five pop-up scenes of the Pilgrims. Paul Revere, pop. What's he popping? Betsy Ross, Boston Tea Party, pop, pop, and signing of the Pop De- Declaration of Independence. In order to get more narcotics, the victim can be made to do things that he might ordinarily not wish to do. He could be manipulated by the forces of violent revolution. Hmm. They could control him by drugs, turn him on, or <laughs> turn him off. Whatever suits their purpose for the moment, using whichever drug produces the desired effect. I'm in the studio, and I don't know what you're reading from. Concise Bible. What is that? All right, I'm going to tell you what I'm this reading is from. This from something called the New Left and Narcotics. This is Lifeline Catalog. Lifeline oh. Catalog. Ah, the Melvin Mum is the name of the guy that's a comedy. Let me read right. just one. The Concise Bible. Well, George sure. Putnam's here. He wants to read one of these. Okay, or read. No, go ahead, George. We hear of pot parties <laughs> where communist literature uh, is given out with the marijuana and the LSD. Thank you, George. <laughs> now Baxter Ward's going to read a little something. The uh, the uh, drug and the uh, 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 literature are given out together, and they uh, you don't uh, uh, get one without the other. Uh, both uh, 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 do their evil work on the mind of the victim. Fabians fight freedom. How to combat the communist conspiracy, descriptive of the Fabian International Program to enslave mankind. The Fabian. The Fabian. 1847. 1847, George Bernard Shaw was the last Fabian ever to live. Down on your knees. (laughs) What knee? I don't have any knees left. You must have some knees. Everybody does. Here's Julie Bunnell's favorite recipes. Well-known food authority of radio, TV, and radar. All right, you food, line up over there. (laughs) Apricots, bananas. Custard. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Just wonderful. By the way, uh, I'd like to turn the show over to David for, for a second. I'd okay, like to, Dave. <laughs> because I, who studied economics for a long time in college and was at one time a professor of economics, not that I was teaching, I just professed it. What do you <laughs> profess? Judaism? No, economics. Mm-hmm.